Welcome to the One of a Kind podcast, the show where we explore the stories we tell ourselves and the moments that got us here. I'm Nisi Duran, and I hope today's conversation gives you something to smile about. Welcome to the 14th episode of the One of a Kind podcast. Today's guest is Jamie Krieger. I met Jamie after my first maternity leave at Google when I was lucky enough to have her as part of my team. We both became new moms in the very same month, and I learned so much from Jamie both at work and in motherhood. This past year brought us even closer together as we both navigated life after Google. As many of you know, I was laid off from Google in January of this year. A few months later, Jamie decided she was ready for another chapter and left Google on her own to become a stay-at-home mom and house manager. A little more about Jamie. She worked at Google in the Bay Area for 15 years, focused on operations and program management on products that many of you will likely know, including AdSense, YouTube, and Play. Driven by her passion for environmental sustainability, Jamie spent her last couple of years at Google on the sustainability team, where she was a strategy and operations lead for Google's chief sustainability officer. She holds a BS from the University of Minnesota and an MBA from Babson College. In her spare time, Jamie enjoys going for walks, listening to podcasts, playing piano, and being with loved ones. She recently got hooked on yoga and hopes to make it a lifelong practice. She lives near Minneapolis, Minnesota with her husband, two young kids, and dog. In this conversation, we discuss the doubts that can arise when we make big life changes, that downtime should be part of our routine, and how honesty is likely the best policy for developing meaningful connections. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I grew up with two parents who always worked and worked really, really hard. And I always was like, oh, I want to be like my mom, you know, career woman who uh, worked her way to the top and was in the big management role. Like, I want to be like that. And to get to this point of actually, I want something different. Um, I just had to come to terms with it. And I have, like, I'm actually really proud of getting to where I am now, but it just was different than kind of like earlier versions of what I saw myself wanting to do. Did you change? right? Like, did you want something and then you accomplished it? And irrespective of whether it was what you thought it would be or not, did your desires change? They did change. Um, I still am very passionate about sustainability and want to make it a big part of my life and want to try to to volunteer in that space. Um, How did it all change? I think part of it was the pandemic. Um, Just really you know, like all of us really kind of reevaluated what's important in life. And that was one big reason why we moved back to Minnesota was to, you know, be close to family. And then at the time I was like, okay, then I want to do something important for my career as well. And that's when I got into sustainability. Um, But I think just over time, just realizing that, yes, I'm in this role, but the stress from this role is actually like a detriment to all of the other things that I want to be doing in my life. And the most important is being healthy myself so that I can be present for my kids and for my family. And that role just wasn't like allowing me to do that. 
I think part of it too is no longer living in Silicon Valley where you're surrounded. Yeah. You're surrounded by only people, not only, but mainly people who work really hard and long hours and that's what their life is. And of course that's okay. And there's a lot to that, but um, there's a lot of people that live differently than that too. And can I ask you why, why did you want to be in sustainability? Sure. Oh, I used to have this answer down when I was like <laughs> make, making the pitch to all the different teams. Let's see if I can remember. Um, well, um, a huge reason is I want to make sure to protect the planet for my kids. I want them to have a healthy environment to grow up in. I think it's the biggest problem that we face as a society. Um, if we don't have a healthy planet, like we, have we don't nothing. have anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making a lot of different changes in my life. Um, you know, from the products that I was purchasing to some food choices and kind of occurred to me like, wait a minute, I work at this company that has huge scale and impact and I dedicate a lot of hours a week towards my job. So if I could just channel that energy to sustainability, I could have even more impact. Just got to a point where I was like, I want to be focusing my day-to-day effort into something that I'm passionate about. So I was on the team for two years. I learned so much. I have a ton of respect for what that team does and for what Google does overall for sustainability. I definitely want to stay connected to that. And I really hope to do something related to sustainability at the local level in Minnesota. So still getting my bearings a little bit on this new phase of my life, but that's something I'm going to look into soon. The word that keeps coming up to me in my mind, like when I asked you, to tell me about yourself. Um, obviously, most people don't use it adjectives right to describe themselves, but the adjective that's coming to mind for me is like brave. Oh, Do you feel that? Thank you. Um, not usually, but thank you. I will, <laughs> I will accept it. You've done really hard things. And I think the one that you've done right now to make the choice to say, I wanted all these things, I accomplished all of these things. They were wonderful. I gained so much out of it. And right now in this next phase of life or whatever long that is, this is what I need and what I want. And what you did is really brave. I think it is, right? And I mean that as I'm saying this, I don't know if you listened to my, the second episode with Brian, my cousin. I've listened to them all. Okay. So so he tells a story where he says, Sylvia, can you just imagine if you become a firefighter and then you're hanging out with like some, like your SVP friend who's now head of partnerships and they're like, oh, I wish I was as brave as you. So he says it in like a nasty way. Right. Like <laughs> to be sarcastic. Clear, yeah, mine yeah. is not nasty. I really am like, this is awesome. Right. Yeah. And it also shows like a really high self-awareness. Do you feel that? Yeah, I do. It, like I said, it took me a while to get to this point because there's also, you know, I can spin it as I'm really proud of this decision and here's all the reasons, or I can Sometimes, you know, when that negative voice comes in, of, oh, I gave up on something. I should have tried harder. Um, you know, or like, is my family still proud of me, even though I don't have this great career anymore? What are my kids going to think? I no longer earn a paycheck. Like, so there's ways of spinning it as, am I lazy? You know, that voice that comes up with the negativity. How often does it come up and is it hard to ignore it? Or what do you do to that voice? Because I'm still, I have those voices too. And I'm just curious, like, how do you manage that? Yeah, it doesn't come up 
all that often now that I've gotten over some of the humps of making the decision, letting the company know, you know, following through on everything. But as I was trying to make the decision, it would come up, um, especially like one of the big things for me to get over was maybe this sounds silly as someone who's almost 40, but like still wanting my parents to be proud of me and knowing how hard they worked for everything to make sure that my brother and I had a great upbringing. And um, I just didn't want to come across like, oh, we worked all like for all these things and worked really hard. And now you're just going to like quit. I don't know. Um, so did you have any conversations with them? I did. I think I told you this. I wrote myself a job description you for did. what I'm doing I was like, right Can now. You sent it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have it printed right next to me. Of like, this is my new job description. Um, so I shared that with my mom, and she was excited to see it. And I, I kind of heard her start to talk about me to friends and family of either before I was about to make the change or now when she talks about me. She's like, Jamie is their house manager, and here's the things that she does, and so like. I can hear that she is proud. Um, so that makes me feel good. Yeah. The, the two words that I kept hearing you say were proud and like having someone feel proud of you and then yeah. lazy. Yeah. What does it mean to be lazy? <laughs> well, and why is that a bad thing? Like it's well, okay asking, yeah. to like, it's okay to not be running hard, which is silly. Cause I, have been very busy ever since I left. <laughs> I know moms are hella busy, but it's a bad thing. It sounds like being lazy is a bad thing. I think the it way is, I right? Was, yeah. The way like, I was describing it, but yeah. obviously it's healthy to have downtime. Yes. But I think I wouldn't describe downtime as lazy. I would describe it as like downtime or. But I think we do describe downtime, downtime as lazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I yeah. agree with you. I don't think that's the actual definition. And I had this moment, I think it was last week. I had another podcast session that was pretty heavy and like a lot of emotions, a lot of yeah. heavy stuff was shared. And I was supposed to go to the gym after, not my training session, because I don't miss my training session. <laughs> and I was just going to go do cardio and, you know, do. And I called David and I said, I am just feeling so tired. And usually when I tell him that, he knows that I often just want to hear, just push through, you you know, so yeah. you said you were gonna go to the gym, it makes you feel good, go. But I think he could tell something in my voice that was an extra level of exhaustion. And he said, it's okay to take a rest. He's yeah. like, what else could you do if you were not gonna go to the gym? And I said, well, like you wanted me to relax. So I said, I could watch Exo Kitty on Netflix. I know it just came out. I don't even <laughs> know what that is. I gotta look it up. I'm gonna tell you about it. And I was like, <laughs> and so he's like, do that. So I did. And I ate my favorite snacks, my little plantains yeah. from Trader Joe's. <laughs> and I watched some XO Kitty. And then I, it was what, for like an hour, hour and a half. And then I also did the laundry, did the dishes. And then I picked yeah. up Jordan. And so it was a little window of downtime, but I don't know. I, I find it really hard to give myself permission to do that because I also don't want to label myself lazy, but yeah. self-care and resting is not laziness. Right. But I, I find that I define it that way. That's why I was wondering if you also get into that trap, you know? I knew that I wouldn't, like once I was no longer working, I wouldn't ever 
not ever, but I, I wouldn't become like normally a lazy person, but I felt like I almost had to overly explain that to okay. my parents, for example, not yeah. that they would think that either, but it, for that, for me to feel like they were proud of what I was doing next, I wanted that, wanted it to be clear of like, and this is all the stuff that I'm planning to do. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's something about, we're so used to achievement and mm-hmm. um, these external signs of, because we're all always working hard. I mean, among I mean, I can, I, I've seen you work. <laughs> You're always working hard. You're trying to be as efficient as possible. I would never, my wildest dreams ever describe you or myself as lazy, <laughs> Right. but we have this fear, right? And I think part of it is we both have parents that worked very hard, mm-hmm. very, very hard. And so that was something I think that's a valued skill or like a, a part of our value system, I think as well, growing up, I think yeah. for both of us. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't think lazy and boredom are exactly the same, but they're related in a way. And so I'm just thinking about, you know, you, as a parent, you're always trying to teach your kids uh, things and you probably have all these like sayings that you say to them. And then it's like, you don't always take your own advice. My son recently has been saying to me, mom, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. And I, my, I have two phrases for him, but the one that I should really listen to myself is it's good to be bored. And he's like, why mom? Like, because then you have time to relax a little bit and you have time to think through things and be creative. It's good to be bored. So maybe another thing is like, it's good to be lazy or it's good to have downtime. You know? It is good to be bored. It's really hard. <laughs> I don't think as an adult, any of us are ever bored. It's like when you hear someone say that, you're like, I wish I could be bored. I would love to hear the story about, because, so you were not laid off. That was the other thing that I just wanted to call off, call out. I was, we both were at the company for a chunk of time. You were there longer. I had a different experience leaving, right? Where I didn't have the agency to do that. Um, And luckily I'm so glad that you did. But when we were talking about that experience, you reminded me that you actually did go through, was it a layoff or what what happened in 2008? When was was it? I think it was 2008. Yes, it's all fuzzy. What Um, happened? Yeah, well, one quick comment before I dig into that. Um, That was one one of the things that actually hit me so hard with this recent round of layoffs too, was I was feeling ready to leave and you weren't. Yes, I was not. We were having active conversations about what I wanted to do and then you were the one impacted and it just felt like, so unfair. And I wished I could have raised my hand to say, pick I know. Me. thank so, you. Anyways. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, back in 2008, I think you're right on that. Uh, I was a recruiting coordinator at Google and that was during a recession. And uh, there was a company-wide hiring freeze. And so recruiting is a really challenging place to be when there's no hiring happening. So I did, I got let go. And then I was given, I think, four months to find a new role. And I did. And that's how I ended up staying at the company. But I think the story you're talking about is the the other role that I considered during that time. Yes. Yes. So um, because it was the recession, a lot of people were 
losing their job. So I did not even take a moment to rest, even though I had four months severance. Uh, I started applying and interviewing at companies right away. Um, and I applied to an admin role at a bank. And they interviewed me and thought I might be a fit, but they asked me to come work there for a day to test things out and they'd pay me. And then at a certain point of the day, they asked me to get the um, CEO's favorite afternoon snack, which was a frozen yogurt Yummy. Down, <laughs> down in the cafe. So I go down to the cafe, get the little frozen yogurt, and I just walk out <laughs> and start, get back in the elevator. It's all connected. And right as I like walk out of the door, I turn around and I was just like horrified because I remembered that <laughs> I forgot to pay for this frozen yogurt because I was used to being at Google where everything was free. Um, the guy behind me was really nice and he just kind of giggled and goes, it's okay, I-, I got you. So he paid for the frozen yogurt. Oh, okay, they paid for you. Oh. Yeah, the person behind me did. <laughs> Um, so I brought it up. I was very embarrassed and yeah, needless to say, I did not get the job. I don't know if it was that, um, but I'm happy I didn't get the job. It wasn't the right fit for me anyways, but yeah, I accidentally stole frozen yogurt doing, during a job interview. (laughs) The Google ruined me for life, right? It's like, you just like walk, that's happened a couple of, I mean, like just mentally, like, cause they even at, uh, at Mountain View, the headquarters for Google we have some like sit down restaurants that you can go and right. sit down and eat. And again, it's free. So you just get up and you leave. And so <laughs> when you've done that enough over the number of years, sometimes when we've gone to restaurants, I forget that we have to pay and I've never left without paying, but okay, I had this good. moment of, Oh, I was about to get up and I was like, Oh, wait, <laughs> Like, Isn't there no. a term for that? Isn't that like what Diamond Dash or something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be one of those people. <laughs> I know. I'd be mortified. But yeah, it's Google ruined us. You know, they ruined yeah. us. I, yeah. What do you miss about Google? The biggest thing for me, whenever I come back to the office, like from my two maternity leaves, when I come back, I just loved being able to drop my dishes. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, I it's was a luxury. So, so thankful for folks Our that wash workers. the dishes. Yes, because um, I feel like I do a lot of dishes now all Girl, the time. They never end. They never end. They never end. <laughs> what else do I miss about Google? Obviously, the people. Yeah. Um, really amazing people on every team that I worked on. Um. And I really did like continuously learning. I mean, I, one of the reasons I stayed there for so long was that I was always able to keep transferring to different roles and learning in each role. So never, I was never bored at Google. I never Never. looked at someone and said, I'm bored. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh gosh, no. Um, So yeah, there's things I miss, but overall... I'm happy with my decision. I yeah. made the right decision. Yeah. Isn't that a great thing to be able to say? Yes, definitely. And I agree with you. I really love the people that you work with on projects, but I think um, one of the harder things for me that I don't know if I'm ever going to get over is I developed a version of a friendship, right? With all of the building employees as well. Like whether yeah. like the front desk folks, the people that clean the bathrooms, people that 
made the food. A lot of them also were people of color and, right. you know, Latinas in particular. And um, I mean, I was there for at YouTube for eight years. And so yeah. I got to know people as they moved from building to building and they were there to welcome me back when I came back from maternity leave. So when, when I say the people, I mean them as well, right? Yeah, it was like a, definitely. a special group of folks. So, you know, but we, what is it better to have loved and lost, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, I mean, I'll forever be grateful for my time and experience at Google because obviously all the things I learned, but just the connections that yeah. I've made, like you, for example, and it, what it, just amazing to have different perspective and like, you know, from people all over the world, um, you know, where I grew up, not, it's not normal to leave or to meet people from all over the world. Um, and so it, it truly changed me, uh, made me grow in a bunch of ways that I never would have imagined. And yeah, uh, it was a really amazing journey. Was there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share? I was going to share one quote. It never really yeah. came up. So oh, I don't, don't know quote. if you can fit it back in. Yeah. But Nick and I are finally watching Ted Lasso. Now that like <gasps> we Ted have Lasso. enough time to like sit and watch TV together. Before it was like maybe once every other two weeks or every totally. other week. Now we can like maybe two times a week. <laughs> uh, so it's still not every night. But anyways, so we're getting through Ted Lasso and I heard a quote the other day. And I thought of you because um, when you were my manager, I also thought of you as a mentor. And <laughs> so I'm like, I joked with Nick. I'm like, I'm hearing quotes from Ted Lasso now. But <laughs> it was from Higgins, if you know that character. I and do. He I said, maybe you know this quote. He said, let's see if I remember it correctly. It's like, a good mentor knows you're going to move on. A great mentor expects you to. Or no, okay, here, I here it is. A good mentor hopes you will move on. A great mentor expects you to. And I felt like that's what you did when you were my manager at YouTube. Thank like, you, Jane. I will never forget how you were helping me find a new role. Like we had many conversations about what I wanted to do next. And I vividly remember the meeting where I was explaining what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be a program manager and we couldn't make it work out for various reasons. And you looked at me and you're like, Let's find you a new job. <laughs> it's time. So, anyways, thank you. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna great cry. mentor. I'm not trying to make you cry. It's <laughs> I heard it, and I'm like, that's Sylvia for me. That's Nisi for me. That's Nisi. <laughs> I, I remember that, and I think, and I told you this many, many times, and I'll say it here too. Right, you're a star, right? Aww. And so I think you were a star in your professional setting and also in your personal life. Like I've learned a lot from you of how to be a parent as well. Like, I think you're very patient and I strive to be like you. Oh, I have my um, moments. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. But I just remember, I mean, I probably could not have done that role without you either, you know, and you were so generous. Um, but I also just feel so strongly that, I don't know. And maybe this is why I was laid off. <laughs> no, But I, I mean, I have such a commitment to the company, but I have, I would say an equal commitment to the people that I'm working yeah. with and because the people make the company, you know? Yeah. And so here, here you were a true star. Oh. And if we had not, if you had outgrown the current situation you were in, like I, I was like, let's help Google keep this amazing person, but also let's get Jamie what she deserves because she's awesome, you know? Thank and you. so the reason I wanted to cry was because um, 
I've been, I'm going to make these podcasts bi-weekly now, even though I have enough to go weekly because I think I've been using it as a form of like a coping mechanism to not fully process how I've been feeling about being laid off. Like I've been so busy with it. And I had this moment last night where I started to freak out a little bit of like, oh, maybe I should have been applying for jobs. Mm. Maybe I shouldn't have been focused, focusing on my time here. But like what you just said right now, I have this recorded now and I can play it back whenever I want to give myself some love. (laughs) If I got the quote right at some point. (laughs) But it's just a reminder of this is important to me right now. And I'm getting a lot out of it. And I think other people are too. And sure, you know, and it's also helping me to remember that I can be a good manager and I can be a good friend and all these other things. So, so thank you for reminding me. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also thank you for saying that, uh, you got a lot out a lot of, you got a lot out of when we worked together. Cause I don't know if you remember, but that was actually a really challenging situation for me. Oh, it was. Um, I remember. But you showed up. Do you want to talk about that? Do you want to say a little bit or? Oh, sure. Yeah. It was, um, my manager, when I went on maternity leave, the day I came back, it was his last day. He announced oh, that I he was leaving. And before he oh. left, we had talked about, you know, when I come back, what will things look like? And there was a potential that like I would become a manager on the role or on the team. And then he left. And then the manager, one level up, kind of asked for my recommendations for how the team could look. And I came up with a couple of them. And then I was just like pulled into that person's office one day. and I was like, so we're not doing either of those. And this is the way it's going to be. And I've hired someone new and her name is Sylvia and she's (laughs) going to be your manager. (laughs) Okay. I forgot about those details. That's how it went down. Oh yeah. And I was in tears and I was told we were going to go tell the team right away. I asked, I asked him like, can I take some time to compose myself? (laughs) Um, So I just remember being like, okay, they're hiring someone new and they don't see me as someone that can do this role. But I consciously told myself like to not take out anything on you because I knew that like you weren't related to those decisions and you didn't know any of that context. And like, I didn't want that baggage to like land on you. So I had to work really hard to um, be really open-minded about you coming and joining the team. Cause I didn't really know you all that well at that time. Yeah. Um, And in a way it was like, Oh, she's taking the role that I wanted. So anyways, to hear you say that um, you thought I like did well in that role and helped you a lot means that I was able to push those feelings aside. I'm glad you're saying this because I remember vividly and I was so impressed by you because in one of our first meetings, you told me a version of this, maybe not this many details, right? Because we were just getting to know each other. But you said, you know, just so you know, I was not that you were promised the role, but I, you know, you were told that you were going to have other opportunities to potentially be manager and those didn't pan out. And you said, I'm not, you know, I'm here to be helpful, but I need you to know that this is hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I loved that, right? <laughs> I was, I was so impressed because I don't know, I'd like to think I would be able to do that, but that required so much professional maturity, right? And to be, because I knew you were having big feelings about it, but you were very yeah. clear around, 
I'm just putting it out there so that you know where my head's at. I'm not asking anything from you, Sylvia. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. This is, I'm just being honest. I think that's a really great story because it also just highlights that honesty, transparency leads to trust and we can have tough conversations. And for the most part, I think it's the right thing to do, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good reminder that that's how we really built the foundation of our working relationship and our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when, when you left the team, you said, now we can be really friends. (laughs) Do you remember (laughs) saying that? Yes. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, when can I go to your house? (laughs) Like, let's, let's lock this down right now. (laughs) And you're so good about that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. There's just some friends that are like, so good about making sure to stay in touch. And I always appreciate it because life gets so busy and you're really good at that. So thank you. I will keep doing it, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) This was super fun. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you. you. I feel honored that you asked me. Honored. I'm honored you said yes. Thank you for listening to the One of a Kind podcast. This show was edited by my brother, from the very same mother, Jose Duran. We have more episodes on the way, so please check us out wherever you get your podcasts.